Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute The podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day One repetitive minute at a time I'm your host Sean And I'm your other host Dave And joining us for the final time this week We have special guests Jonathan and Chris of Minute Impossible Welcome back Welcome. Hey. Thank you for having us. Dun, 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 I feel like that last one was kind of short. Let's just make this one short. Uh, he talks a little bit more. Uh, yeah, okay. It flips oh, to six. See you guys later. Yeah, minute 74. I'll get right to the summary. <laughs> right to it. We got Phil says, yeah, he needed to hold her in a caring way that he knows he doesn't deserve someone like her. Wishes her good night. And that clock strikes 6 a.m. and put your little hand in mine, baby. So... So that I mean that's a summary, but here we are, minute seventy four. We talked about that 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 he wanted to hold her, but it like you know from uh, you know you think about it, it's like oh well that was yesterday. That's weird for him to say it, but obviously so many lifetimes have passed, and he's never got to say these words to her face because she's never been asleep in his bed, you know. And if he said it to her in public in, in, in during the diner, she would just like get up and like leave or smack him around. So he finally, he gets to like, you know, say the words that he's been thinking about, you know, like spending every night thinking about it. He gets to say it to her, um, which is, yeah, it's nice. It's nice and romantic. And then, you know, and then, um, and then, uh, then Rita licks her lips and then Sean likes that. <laughs> I'm not saying no. <laughs> there is something I don't like about this. Okay. And, and, and it's in part of one of the issues with Phil's trans. Um, what's the word? Transformation. Transformation. Yeah, his, with his transformation in that it's still... Metamorphosis. His metamorphosis. Um, he's still looking outside himself. He's still thinking, you know, he's still saying, if, if I could, I would love you for the rest of my life. He's not looking back. He's not saying, wow, this was a really great day. I really enjoyed this day. I wish... I wish you would remember it. I wish we would both have memories of this day mm-hmm. forever of, of our time together. He's still reaching out for something. He still hasn't made, you know, he hasn't completed that transformation to accepting what he has. He hasn't completely accepted his fate just yet. And that's, that's where I want Phil to be. I want him to be more appreciative of what he has. I mean, it sounds like he's going in the right direction that he's, He's pining for a true connection and true love with Rita, whereas before he just wanted to get into her pants. Mm-hmm. So at least he's, you know, he, he's striving for a better goal, I guess. But it's still the struggle is still there. And that's, you know, and the struggle leads to I mean, that's the source of pain is that struggle, the want, the greed, whatever, even if you're wanting, you know, even if it's a nice thing that you want, not a greedy thing, but um, so he's not all, he's not there yet, but he's certainly moving in the right direction. I will give him that. How many, uh, days are there difference between this day and the final day? How many more times is he going to do this now? Are we in the short game at this point? I know we are in the movie, but I mean, are we in the short game of there are only like five or six more times or is he going to work on himself for the next few hundred, you know, that's yeah. yeah, yeah. In terms of the days we see, 
I think we only see about a dozen more that we'll be able to identify as, as mm-hmm. definitely different days. But he must have a lot of time ahead of him because at this point, he doesn't know how to play piano. He's got to learn, you know, learn at least those two songs that this we see is him what, play. And, yeah, and stuff this like is that. this yeah. is where it begins. This is where that third act begins. Yeah, right. at the end of this, when the at the end of our minute, literally, is yeah. where the third mm-hmm. act starts. Where he's like, <clears throat> I'm going to be this guy. Yeah, so that's and, and I'll just mention that's the the thirtieth day, and obviously Phil has been through more than thirty days. But in terms of definitive separate days that we've seen in the movie, it's going to be the thirtieth day at the end of this minute when the clock turns. But this is, um, you know, all these things are playing out much longer in Phil time. Obviously, we can't see them in real time because we don't have ten thousand years to to spend watching a movie. Speak so, yourself. yeah. <laughs> but uh, all these acts are really long. The first act, second act, we're coming into this third act. That's got to be at least a few years. He learns to play the piano. He learns to make an ice sculpture. He change fe- a tire. Yeah, he learns how to change a tire. He learns how to catch a kid. Um, <laughs> and, and not how many get times do you think a- that kid has died and he's uh, messed up the way he caught him? <laughs> Well, I figure there's got to be a few times like where Phil messed up where like the kid runs off, but now Phil's got the broken leg because he didn't catch him right or he breaks an arm or something or, you know, the kid falls on his head and they're both dead kind of thing. Like, you know, I I don't picture Phil as like the natural kid catcher. Do you think at one point uh, Phil missed him? He hit his head, (laughs) died and then was framed for the murder of the child and that's how he got shot? Someone comes out right at that moment right at that and Phil's standing like, there over the no, dead no, body. No, 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 I didn't do this. <laughs> oh, my God. That reporter killed that guy. <laughs> so, uh, Sean, I, I, I think when you – yeah, I want to answer that, that that thought you have about um, you know him saying, although I want to I wanna hold you and I want to love you forever to Rita. Is that him kind of like just you – know, like I said, he's getting it all off his chest. These are all things I want to say. And then when we hit, you know, we hit the clock, when it goes over, it repeats. He's now like, he's like, okay, I don't have to worry about Rita anymore. I've said and done everything with Rita I kind of wanted to do, truly. I'm now going to work on, like, just being a better person. Like, that's what she, the upbeatness that she gave to him. He's like, yeah, I'm going to work on that now. So I think he's, you know, get out. he wanted to just say it all to her. And now he's going to restart and be a better person. You know, because he's not wooing kids. Rita. He's not wooing Rita every time from now on either, right? Is that what or I'm kind of referring? He? he kind of understands this was a a major move leap forward for him, and he's not trying to win her over until he has everything perfect. I wonder if they're just month, you know, days, weeks where he doesn't, you know, instigate yeah. the you know them getting together. I I think yeah, I think there's a lot of times when he was depressed where he he doesn't interact with Rita, and he just sat in his room all day. He didn't want to go to the ball. He didn't go to the, the bowling alley to drink. He just sat in his room and he just played with the cards and he didn't interact with anyone. And he's like, almost like he wanted to separate himself from everyone. And yeah, I think now it's right. He won't be, he won't be pining after her. Now the mm-hmm. ice sculpture thing, I don't know. I'm going to, I want to definitely visit that moment when we get to that. Like, how does that feel when he makes the ice sculpture read it? Does it feel, does it feel cheesy? Does it feel too, you know, self-absorbed or is it just some good gesture? I'll have to say. But yeah, I feel like the rest of it, he does it for the town, not for Rita, you know? Yeah, so one way of looking at it is he... Well, I'm sorry, oh. go on. 
Well, I was just going to say that he he kind of he had his perfect day with Rita. And, yeah. you know, even though initially when he's, you know, he's fooling around with Nancy and other things like the end of the perfect day is sexual. Yeah. Whereas so he just he changed his focus or he changed what the culmination of a perfect day is. And just like he had a day with Nancy and then he moved on, you know, he kind of he had his day with Rita and he's ready to move on. And that's also for him. Whereas helping the town, he gets nothing. I mean, at the end, he does get something out of it, but he wasn't trying to. I don't think. Well, the music, I don't know. Maybe he was trying to get something out of it. That You'll have to see when you actually get there what his motivations were. I'm wondering, you know, getting Rita, you know, him being happy with himself because he had a great time with Rita is still like on this, this uh, path of if you're going to say God or whatever created this day for him to learn a lesson what is the lesson? The lesson is he can't be selfish and getting to be with Rita and, and woo Rita is still selfish as nice as it was. And as he, it's helping him become a better person, it's still not, he's still not there yet because he hasn't actually helped anyone else. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. So I'll, I'll jump forward just in case you guys can't make it back for the, the big groundhog ball at the end. Is it, how selfless is Phil? Because we see him do all these great things, but then at the end, he kind of all the, in all it, the yeah. people come up at the ball to thank him in front of Rita. And you could say, well, he didn't, it's just an accident. He didn't do that but by design, but he could have. We don't know how many times he went through very similar days and figured out, okay, if I help this person, they go off and disappear well, I'm not going to do that anymore. But if I help this person, they're going to be at the Groundhog Ball later and they're going to thank me in front of Rita and that's going to make me look good. Um, so I'm I'm, eh, I'm not 100%. I will say, though, the kid, the kid that he saves falling out of the tree, the kid is not at the Groundhog Ball. The kid doesn't thank him. So he never thanks him. Never, never thanks him. Nope. So there's no payoff there. But on the other hand... Uh, you know, Fred and Debbie are there and Buster and, and the piano teacher and everyone there is, you know, working to impress Rita. So is it is it by design or is it is he really being selfless? And, or is this the culmination? Is this karma? If karma is the one doing this to him, is karma the one letting him have this kind of like, yes, you finally done it. And by doing all these things and then going to this ball, which you were going to be at anyway, because you have to be there because your crew is going to be there. You're like, he's covering it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's part of your job. So going there was part of what you were going to do that day. I'm wondering if karma is giving him the thing that it's like, yes, finally, you now get, we will now reward you with all the adulation and the respect of the woman and the respect of, um, uh, cabin boy and and the respect of general zod all these different things that are happening at the end of the movie mm-hmm. yeah i'll buy that yeah i and i i, I like that idea that the, the thinking of of karma that yeah to you yeah tr- the truly selfish selfless act still comes back there's still a payback there's still the good side that comes back to to phil i think that happens in real life as well i like it I believe in karma. Um, and did and here's the thing. I'm sorry, but do you think Rita did hear any of that? And she was just playing possum. Yeah, I think she wakes up right when he melts, and uh, <laughs> and is like, "Phil, I heard everything. Oh my god!" <laughs> right. 
No, I I think she she's tuckered out. Okay, okay. I, yeah, I do think I don't think she's 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 playing possum. This isn't um, playing groundhog. <laughs> playing groundhog. <laughs> I was thinking. Well, no, what is it? Um, what's her name on Westworld? Celia Ward, who was uh, kind of pretending to be asleep while William was giving his confession. I think she was faking in that. Um, but I think, I think Reed is sincerely very tired. I mean, it's been a long day. They were up at, and they did the broadcast at, at 7 a.m. And who knows how much she was up before that. And now it's 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. So, and she's been walking around, you know, they, they spent the day together walking around town. So I think she's legitimately tired and she really did miss um, miss what she said, um, and I'd want to go back to uh, well. One, I want to go back to this minute. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll bring it back into uh, well, minute you know, minute seventy three and seventy four, and and something that's in the the scripts that I have from Ramus that they cut out of the movie. Um, there's some extra bits in in Phil's little uh, soliloquy here, his little speech. Uh, one of the things he says is, every time I saw you around the station, I thought my heart was going to explode. I used to dream about us being together. In my dream, you loved me as much as I loved you. And we didn't have to say anything because I knew you understood everything. Yeah. That makes him super creepy. Yeah, that's like yeah. something I would have like thought about in like high school when I was like, I want to express my feelings. <laughs> like, I yeah, still that's... don't, and no way do I know how to now. But right. definitely, I would have thought that. Plus, it doesn't really make sense because he's only seen her that first time, and yeah, that you was, had, like, like it. You know, you have to rewrite like the first like five minutes of the movie, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's one of the reasons I mention it because it kind of like blows apart the whole weight they were supposed to have just met yesterday. I like it's like one thing of like, oh, I met you yesterday, and. And no, I wasn't I wasn't confident or comfortable enough to express my feelings, but you made a good impression and I really do like you. Versus That's why his change is so amazing yeah. because he's never met her before that day. Right. So for him, it's w- literally one day with her. Her mm-hmm. this is her groundhog day too. She's not she, they didn't know each other before this. Right. And yeah. I like that better. Oh, I mean, it's weird if they knew each other from work. It just kind of takes away a lot of the um the gravity. Of this, the whole point is that he has changed so much that when she meets him and he woos her at the end, and he's barely wooing her, he's just being a nice guy. Mm-hmm. It just completely changes uh, yeah. the, the way they would talk to each other. I just, I, I wouldn't. Let it, I'm glad they cut. Glad yeah. they're yeah, our you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think that 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 he would have to overcome not just not just the one day of being a jerk or the couple hours in the van, but to think that they had worked together for a long time. And he had unrequited she... love for her, and he had these scenarios in his head. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. there's no way to, yeah, it's, he creepy. <laughs> yeah. What do you think Larry's up to right now? I like to ask that. <laughs> like, I was curious, at least, I'm not saying, he's like, mer- Larry, he, yeah. he's choking out that bum in the <laughs> Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> It's funny we never we never see them in the same scene together. <laughs> I, don't, I pervert. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's because Phil starts talking to him that he doesn't go and kill the bum anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I I can't wait to see Larry and Nancy. I cannot wait. We're yeah. There's we we'll have a lot to to yeah. say about. I was like, that. I, I gotta hold off on that. 
So, yeah. So I like I like that they took that line out. I like that it's it's yeah them you know Rita just knowing Phil for this one day. And I think there's a lesson out there for all the um, young lovers and young prospective lovers that in the end what what wins Rita over is not not what she sees Phil do as much as it's all the other people reacting to Phil, the things that he's done for other people and them coming up and thanking him and saying, Oh, what a wonderful guy he is that he's not, you know, it's not him tooting his own horn, so to speak about, you know, all the, the, the great qualities that he has, but she sees it through the other people, through the other lives that Phil has touched. And that's what eventually wins her over nice. or, or, or helps, you know, on that way, on that road, road to true love. Because to her, remember, Phil's still a jerk at the beginning of the morning, mm-hmm. you know, originally. But, it, you know, at by the, I, I would like, I don't remember, you can help me with this. This is the, the, the final minute, minute, final day of his, of his, his perfect day is the one where he tells that story and all, all the cameras are on him, even mm-hmm. other cameras, right? Right. Right. That's how it ends. So, yes. so for her, He's already come out. I'm mean, like, he was a jerk when she, that part of the day doesn't change. He's yeah. a, he, he was a jerk when she met him. And now, I mean, she's already, he's already working with negative numbers. <laughs> yeah. And he comes yeah. in this day and is just like, I, I just, it, I, I, that's what I love about the premise of this movie. It's just like, yeah, you can, it should be just like, you know, the premise would be Groundhog Day. Uh, even a jerk can not be a, or even an ass cannot be a be less of an ass in one day if he has a million times to try and not do it it's not a great it's not a great tagline i'm working on it so <laughs> might, might have a few too many words to it but it's something about you know we'll workshop it after know. a thousand days even an ass can be a hero something like that you know i, I don't right. know well, well i yeah. find it i find it also you know kind of bittersweet at the end there that minute you know that he's saying all these you know kind of professing his love for her and everything and also kind of saying goodbye to her knowing that the her that he sees the next morning isn't going to be this woman anymore. Mm-hmm. And, but he's happy that he's had this moment. So I think that's allowed, that really allows him to move forward with everything that he starts to do at this point. But also a little bit sad that he's never going to have that exact moment again. You know? Mm. Right. That, yeah, the, the good night at the end, good night, yeah. Rita, there's a definite goodbye. Yeah. And it feel. feels like a goodbye to me. It feels like, yeah. like he, Sort of like a death death scene, you know, when you have that, that saying goodbye to the to the one you love, yeah, um, knowing that this is the last time you're going to be able to say this to that person because every morning it's a different person that wakes up, not the person that you're dealing with that moment before you go to sleep. So it, it is interesting, and and I think it is also that motivation that gives him that moves him forward for the rest of the the last half hour of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then we get. At uh, 55 seconds into this minute, we get the end of... The the... longest shot ever. (laughs) (laughs) We get the end of that one-hour continuous shot of them (sighs) laying in bed. And finally, we cut to... Wait a second! Sean! Stop! Stop! (laughs) Second 56! It's still 5.59 on the clock, and the mints are back! Wait, wait, what? Explain it! Wait a second. Explain that! Explain it! The mints should not be back until 6. They should not be back. They should have did a switch. That would have been a cool switch. 
they sh- they should have had the mints pop back the or the one mint pop back at six o'clock. Why are the two the two mints are there before the oh, time switch? Ma- maybe it's five fifty nine that they come back. You know Man. that the switch is at five fifty nine. The mints come back. There are rules. <laughs> you can't just make this stuff up as you go. <laughs> it's six a.m. He said it. He said it's at six. Well, maybe that's only when he wakes up. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe at five fifty nine he's melting and it's already resetting. See, you you thought I was just I'm dicking around with the mints and I knew it was going to come yeah. back. Uh. It was like set up in the worst way. These are the worst checkoff mints ever. Minute seventy one. Rita says, "I thought you were supposed to disappear, or I was, or something." And Phil says, "Not until six. Why is the mint back at five fifty nine? Yeah. All right. We gotta get get Danny Rubin, get the Ouija board. We're getting Ramus in on this, dude. I'd what so, is going on? I don't care. I don't. I. I don't care if we waste this time. Are we going to tell Danny Rubin? <laughs> we have a lot of interesting questions. We need you on. And it comes as like, oh, okay, what is it? Uh, explain to me the mints. And just and then, and then we just we just sit back and go, no, the time is yours. Explain the mints. Why are you a garbage person and why can't you get these mints straight? Yeah. What's your problem? And, and he's going to yeah. tell you that it was Ramus's doing, not his. Yeah, he's going to be like, well, yeah. that's the director. Uh, oh, I'm just going to throw Ramus under the bus. Can't defend himself. Oh. I will. Well, we need to find out if Danny, if, if Ruben was actually on the set at all yeah. throughout any of that. You know, wasn't well, this stuff? This is like um, script supervisor mm-hmm. that's yeah. supposed to be supervising this kind of continuity stuff. That's what bugs me. If they, if the, if the mints were never touched in the previous minute, I wouldn't say a damn thing. But they show you one is eaten and balled up in the wrapper, and the other mm-hmm. is on the table, mm-hmm. and then it cuts back to the clock, and it's like. Guys, who who changed the mints? It's almost like they just did a bunch of shots of that clock and didn't really think about it. Yeah, they should have done one pickup. <laughs> one guy on the set should have just gone, "Hey, don't we do that scene with Rita where she's eating a mint?" No, okay. Uh, no, just keep yeah, right. <laughs> just keep the clock steady, and then find a way to do a frame a frame change or something. Like splice it in. Well, I don't like that though. I like the clock being the only thing that changes. So stylistically, I think they're right, but. Yeah, I agree. They should have. What should have happened was they should have been closer, a uh, close up of the clock, okay. pull back, and the mints are back to normal. Okay, I like that. Yes, yes. fifty nine, like, sixty. They should have because in this, there's no magic shown in this movie. Yeah, true. no mad. You never see anything actually happen other than him melting off screen. We all know that's happening. Yeah, so they but, just they should have been yeah close up and don't show us the mints. Yeah. until after we see don't the clock. Show flip. Dave the mints. Don't, don't show, show me the mints. <laughs> I want to. I'm writing that down. <laughs> that's the trigger, Dave. That's that's guys. Dave's your first trigger. shirt. <laughs> don't show Dave the mints. Don't show Dave the don't mints. Dave the mints. Or just don't show me the mints. And you just have like all you have is like a clock, and next to it is just a little wrapper and two mints. <laughs> I like that. The mints. Yeah, I have no explanation for why. Why? Yeah, just why? Why the <laughs> it's, mints it's just are lazy. back? It's just before. lazy laziness. Lazy filmmaking happens. It's a, yeah, it's a just darn no, shame. No. We're so close. It's a happy accident. Uh, no, everything we see on film is done on purpose for a reason. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in accidents. Uh, okay. I, 
Well, that's, I don't got any more notes because <laughs> nothing's going to top that because... And ended it on the mix. That just, that just, just stopped the train. Just, yeah. Can we not you, talk about trains? <laughs> <laughs> oh, We can talk about, like, helicopters and tunnels. Oh, God. Tunnels. There are tunnels. Tunnels. <laughs> yeah. So is that a ripoff of the scene in Last Crusade? Where the plane, the biplane, flies into the tunnel. Sean, I made the exact same <laughs> comment on the podcast. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's where I heard it, of course. It's an homage. It's an nice homage. Try. Yeah. It's where I heard it. Nice try. <laughs> well, when I said it, it was an homage <laughs> to Minute Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also, I also argue that Paddington 2's ending is, is very much uh, an homage to Mission Impossible's ending. Paddington 2, the Joyce Kilmer of <laughs> movies? Of movies, yes, exactly. God. Only God can make a teddy bear. Uh, not a teddy bear. He's, he's an a actual bear. bear. He's a li- real bear. A real live-action bear. Wait, what? He's not a, not a toy. Not Paddington a toy. Bear's not was, a toy. I thought he was a toy. I thought it was like a Pinocchio no, You haven't thing. listened to our show and you haven't seen Paddington? Uh, <laughs> he's you need a real life bear. See Paddington 2. It's the highest rated movie ever made. That's like an English thing. Like, let them have it. If you double what The Last Jedi got on Rotten Tomatoes, you still wouldn't be as high as Paddington 2. <laughs> Paddington 2 has a perfect score. Perfect. Oh, well, it's no it, X versus Sever. No. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank God it's not. Thank God, yeah. No, we could do. We we could do. Go look that up if you if you don't know what Dave's re- referencing. Go look it up. It's one of the worst movies ever made, and also it's super confusing because you think it's a sequel. No. It's not. <laughs> the title makes it seem like X versus Sever, and you're like, oh, this is a thing I'm missing, and then you go see it, and you're like, I don't know what this is referring to. I feel like I've missed something. You, you could have like Pooh versus Paddington, and there you go. There, there you go. Pooh versus Paddington. Pooh versus Paddington. Pooh po- po- is also he- a real bear. Maybe he's just the way he's like because it. I don't know. It must be the way he's drawn. I always assumed Paddington was so, uh, like, like a teddy bear. Yeah, the um, uh, Sean, the the, uh, the Paddington when you see him drawn, that's not real. In the movie, that's a real. That's a real bear. Oh, <laughs> they trained so, a real bear to talk. And so gave is him this? Is, does he? Is he like attacking? Um, not Matt Damon. Who's the other one? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my. Can we just... Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes, Leonardo DiCaprio. How did I get that connection? <laughs> so to the, the listeners, essentially the episode ended five minutes ago, but uh, clearly we're out of notes. Uh, all right, wait. So I got one last thing. Okay. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. Just one last thing. So from the director's commentary... Suzanne Harrington, longtime assistant, associate producer, worked for Ramus long time, did movies together. Long time. Um, long time. Long time. Uh, well, she says there's a moment in every film where she falls in love with the main character. And, and for Phil, for this movie, this was the scene. Just kind of Phil being gentle and, and opening up and, and, and speaking honestly with Rita in this moment. This is, this is when Suzanne Harrington fell in love or, or for, falls for Phil Connor. Oh. So mm. yeah, that was just nice, but that's it. That was nice. Yeah. That was just my last little thing. So my right. last little thing is only my, like how I first saw groundhog minute. And yes, please do tell. Yeah. Do you want to add, just ask me. Oh, I'll tell. 
Okay, well, I'll still leave this in, but I'll, I'll ask you. <laughs> Jonathan, please tell us that story about the first time you ever saw Groundhog Day. This is way too much setup. Um, first time I ever saw Groundhog Day was my first week of college. They played it out on, Chris might remember this, they played it out on the lawn, out past where the, um, I'm sure there's a building there now, but it was where the freshman quad was, quad was where... Yeah. They had a big giant wall, and they put a, a giant white tarp on the thing. I mean, a huge, giant, colossal white tarp. And they played the movie like like a you know, like a movie in the park. And I thought, hey, I've never seen this movie, and I don't know anyone, so I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to meet a bunch of people that love movies. Oh, that's that sounds super upbeat, but uh, <laughs> what the reality yeah. was, I sat there for about an hour and a half, and no one talked to me. Yeah. And we watched, and I because right. we were at a movie. I don't know what I was expecting. It's like that scene with Phil where, where that got cut of Phil thinking he had a secret relationship with uh, Rita. It's basically what I was saying. I was like, people are going to come up and talk to me during a movie. No. <laughs> no, they're watching the movie. Yeah, they're watching the movie. So I it's sat the worst there place to meet people. thinking, but I sat there thinking I was going to meet people. <laughs> and I did not meet anyone. <laughs> All right. And that's how I, but I sat there and watched the whole movie because I liked it. So yeah. first time I ever saw it, I was outside. And then everyone got up and they silently walked away to their, <laughs> to their respective dorms and no one interacted. Yeah. No, I'm sure other people had friends. Uh, I just, <laughs> no, I, I remember that very well. I remember doing Were that. you there, Chris? I, I was actually one of the people who was in charge of uh, it. Why didn't you so. talk to me? I didn't know you yet. <laughs> we, li- we lived in the same dorm, but I hadn't, I didn't, I hadn't met you oh, yet. I'm not talking to that guy. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. No, we lived in the same dorm for that. Uh, well, I guess yeah. it was your freshman oh year, right? Oh my god, I cannot wait! When I, <laughs> I was, talking. I was, I was a, a sophomore, I think, at that point. Yeah. So. Yeah. See, Chris, oh, Chris had seen you, and he, you know, he'd seen you around campus, and and every time he did, he thought his heart was going to explode. And <laughs> Chris, do you just want to hug? He me? used to dream about you. Yes, I just <laughs> he used to, to dream about you. doing a podcast oh, together. This is going to be so fun when I start time traveling. I want to go back there and say, see that guy over there who wants a friend. You're going to be his podcast host. <laughs> what? Oh, years. Just years from now. All right. Well, that, well, so, that's actually why I went up and met Jonathan, because this weird guy came up to me and told me he, he wants to be your friend. And I said, okay, sure, why not? I've already done it. This weird old guy with a terrible mustache yeah. came up <laughs> in a stained white T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, he asked me him. if I'd lost my puppy and wanted to go to a movie. <laughs> it made me smell a rag, and the next thing I know, I'm laying next to Jonathan in the bed. And, Jonathan, you are my density. Yeah. <laughs> my density right. has popped me to you. Yeah. All right. Well, so listeners, if if you're lonely and you want to connect with us. <laughs> don't go to the movies. Uh, don't go to the movies. <laughs> but you can find us on Facebook at Gobbler's Knob, our listeners group. And we are also on Twitter at Groundhog Minute. And as always, you can reach us at Groundhog Minute at gmail.com. And so, uh, Jonathan and Christopher, if... If our listeners want to be less lonely with you, where can they find you? Uh, we're less lonely on our Facebook group, The Impossible Minute Force on Facebook. You can find us there or through Minute Impossible. Both of them link there. Come join us on Facebook. We're there all the time. Dave, you and all Sean, you guys are both on there talking to us all the time. Yeah. We talk about lots of cool stuff. Uh, with Fallout coming out in July, we're all getting ramped up for that. So Yeah. yeah we've yeah. Got, a, got a fun summer coming. Uh, we've wrapped up our show, 110 minutes. Go listen to any of them that you'd like. Uh, we have lots of great minutes. Uh, find, find your favorite minute and watch it, preferably with somebody, not by yourself <laughs> um, uh, in college, by yourself. It makes you yeah. feel any better. I also met my wife, she who lived in the same dorm with me. So we're all good now. It's all good. It's all oh, the okay. sad stories are all over. 
<laughs> yeah. but, uh, Happy ending. Did not did not talk to her that night, so uh, it was uh, it was a sad time. But uh, also find us on Instagram and on uh, Twitter at Min Impossible M I N Impossible and MinuteImpossible dot com has a link to all the places that we're downloadable from where your podcatchers are. So find us. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Seek so- us out. Fine. So so seek that. Find it. Listen. Do it. And then uh, and that's it for us. Thank you once again, Jonathan and Christopher, for joining us. It's been uh, it's been lovely. And listeners, thank you for listening. And we will see you tomorrow, if there is one. Do you guys want to talk to me? Anyone? No, no, we're just watching the movie. But thanks. Uh. Oh, okay. The movie's on. Oh, Watch the movie. So long, stupid freshman. 